Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, it's, um, it's wonderful hearing and, and understanding and seeing God is doing so much more in, in what He does in and through our worship and how He can help us order our worship so it's not random, but it is intentional for focusing on Him. And um, I'll say a little more about that later. I'm, I'm really excited that we're beginning the Believe study. It, it officially kicks off next weekend. And in addition to the, the messages on Sundays, we're offering our, our Believe bundles. And it, it's these, these two books. This book is kind of the, the, the meat and potatoes uh, and, and one of the interesting things about this, if, if you haven't gotten the book or if you have, you'll open it up and you'll see that there are three sets of 10 chapters. Uh, it's not just 1 to 10, but it's 1 to 10, 11 to 20, and, and 21 to 30. Because it's looking at a kind of a big picture. Who, what do I believe? Which is what we're going to be looking at over these next several weeks. But then what should I do? How do I live that out? And then finally, who am I becoming? What is the result of all this? What, what's the end product, sort of? And um, uh, we will only be doing the first 10 weeks in this, but for you in groups or you individually, this gives you a tool to keep building on that, to go further and further and just to, to see what God can, can do. It's really just a starting place. The other thing we noticed, but we've done in the past is have uh, uh, daily readings and this material that came to us didn't have that. So some of you, some of you, some of in our church here created this booklet and uh, provided it as a way to, to spend time in God's Word each day, to, to reflect on, read a few, couple of three scriptures, short scriptures, and reflect on that. It also has some of our, our small group's uh, discussion questions and, and so much more. So uh, a great, great tool that you really, really want to have as a part of this journey. Think of it this way. We all, we, we, we make resolutions, we want things to do, be different in our lives, and, we, and yet if we just say it and we don't do anything to ha- actually help that happen, it's very difficult. And this is a way of intentionally, over these next weeks leading up to Easter, if I can say that, um, of, of being intentional in our journey with Jesus Christ. And a part of that is are our groups. Uh, you, you need to be in a group. We, iron sharpens iron. We, we work together. God works in and through each of us to help each other. And so I want to really encourage you after this service uh, to, to sign up or to create a group. Create a group at your workplace. Create a group uh, at your school. Create a group in your neighborhood. Because here's the thing. The gospel is not just something for us. It's something God gives to us for the world. And we have this great opportunity. There are people you know who may not be comfortable walking into the church today. But they would come to your home or they would meet with you in the break room. And so it's an it's a incredible chance to not be heavy-handed, but simply to lift up this opportunity to help someone get to know Jesus on their own terms, at their own pace. So I'm excited and, and, and ready, and, and I hope you are. And I think it's timely as we begin this new year because our beliefs have huge consequences. 
I mean, a child who's, who's never been exposed to fire believes it's something beautiful. It's amazing. Look at those colors dancing. And, and so as a child, I may want to go out and touch it. What's it like? Because I believe it's something beautiful and I, I, wanted, I don't have any context. I don't have any background. I don't know and my beliefs are not right. Because it would be horrible. A child's beliefs determine his or her actions. And, and the same is true for you and me. The world all too often beats us up or puts us down or says we don't matter or no one cares. And it's easy to get, start feeling helpless and hopeless in this world. But when I believe, as, we talk, as they talked about here, when I believe that God is real and that he loves me and that through his son Jesus Christ, I can be forgiven for my sins, I discover I, I have value, not because of anything I've done, but because of who God says I am, and, and I can have confidence and hope for my future, regardless of what's happening around me or wh- who, what others are saying. What I believe matters, and it has never been more true than today, because there is a lot of anything goes thinking going on, especially in, in the church. An article in the Houston Chronicle last fall was subtitled, New Theology Study Shows Incompatible Beliefs Okay with Most Americans. And the article gave several examples from a study, like, for instance, 60% of Americans said, heaven is a place where all people will ultimately be reunited with their loved ones. But only 54% agreed, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. Now, quite honestly, the second quote is biblical. The first one isn't. But look at the numbers. Or, for instance, about two-thirds of Americans said Jesus is God, but then half said Jesus was a being created by God. And, and how can he be both God and created? I mean, there are huge implications if you think those things out, if you look at what they mean. And, and the study gave several other examples showing that many Americans' beliefs are really not compatible side by side, whether they're thought through or, or, or not. In seminary, I took a class called Systematic Theology. Now, let me just tell you, that is one of the hardest, least fun classes I've ever had in my life. And, and the professors were not funny. They were not pl- particularly pleasant. And I mean, it was, it was a bear. But the idea was that we need to study our beliefs together. Because what I believe over here about Jesus impacts how I look at eternity, for instance. They're intertwined. They all come together. And if I get one of those dramatically wrong... It can mess up all the rest. And you start to see that in some of the sometimes televangelists or some of the ones out there who will take part of the gospel but not the whole gospel, and it sounds real. The, the Bible warns about this in a number of places in the New Testament. Our beliefs have consequences. And if I believe that everyone will ultimately end up in heaven regardless of whether they've had faith in, in Christ or not, then Jesus really isn't critical to my life. He's no big deal. He's a good example, but maybe that's about it. 
See, there are consequences. This past Thursday then, as, as part of my, I read the, the Life Journal reading plan. It's a, a year-long reading plan to read through the Bible. And it was, one of the readings was Luke chapter 18. It was on the 18th because they started Luke chapter 1 on January 1st. And it included in story that, that many of you have heard. It's sometimes called the rich young ruler. And it struck me as I was thinking about preparing for today how much it speaks to us. So if you have your Bibles, open to Luke 18. Or if not, we've got notes in your bulletins that you can pull out that have um, uh, th th that scripture and some other places there for you to take notes. I want to just read through it. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I do want to read through it because I, I, I want you to make sure you know the story. In verse 18, it says, Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. And the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. That's sounding pretty good. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. And you see, here's the thing. This rich, young ruler, this religious leader knew the right answers. Uh, he, he could parrot back the words, and, and I'm sure he believed some of it. But when Jesus asked him then to live out his beliefs, he wasn't willing to do that. The rich young ruler understood the Ten Commandments because that's what Jesus was quoting to him. But, but then Jesus called him on the first of those Ten Commandments, which says, you must not have any other God but me. Jesus wanted the religious leader to, to prove he believed the commandments by giving away his money and wealth. And you see, because Jesus knew something in inherent about who we are is that we all have a God. We all have a God. That is, what is most important to me? And, and here's the thing about a God. We can never give up our God whatever or whomever that might be. If the Lord was first in this man's life, then yeah, it would not have been easy. It would have been extremely difficult, but he could give up his wealth because that wasn't his God. The reason he became very sad and walked away is because in the end, he couldn't give up his God. He couldn't give up the thing that was most important to him, that gave him his identity, his money, regardless of what he said. But, but listen, guys, the point here isn't money. Okay, that, that would be a real mistake. It, it's certainly a stumbling block for some. And for some in this room, that may be your God. But for someone else, it might be your job. It might be your position. It might be your wife or your husband or a child. It, it, now, it's not that God wants 
harm to come to our loved ones. But he knows if, if a fallible human being is first in my life, he, he or she will fail me. If they are my God, I'm going to be disappointed because there's no perfect human being. There's no perfect amount of wealth. There's no perfect job. Only God is perfect. Only God never fails. You know, it's, it's hard enough obeying God when we, when we really do believe him. So imagine how much harder it is when we're not really convinced, when, when our beliefs are murky or confused. Do I really, really believe God? Not just believe in him. Not just, yeah, he exists. Yeah, I believe God. I believe in God. People say that all the time. In fact, national studies continue to show about 90% of Americans say they believe in God. But the number is a lot less if you look at how they live their lives. Do they believe him? Because our beliefs are the foundation for everything we say and do. The more clarity I have, the clearer my decisions then become for how I live my life. So if God is first in my life and I believe him, it's true, then in the Bible, God's word shows me how to go forward in life. And one of the things it tells us is that the goal of my life is to become more and more like Jesus for the sake of others. Here at Gateway, we like to use the language of becoming fully devoted followers of Christ. Romans 8, 29 says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That's God's desire. But now, think about this. How do you, how do you make a statue of an elephant? In the first place, I couldn't even do it. I don't have an artistic bone in my smallest finger. It's pitiful. But assuming it was a possibility, you get a block, the biggest granite block you can find, and essentially you just chip away everything that doesn't look like an elephant. Right? I mean, that's what you do. You chip away everything that doesn't look like an elephant. And if we're trying to imitate Jesus, if we're trying to become like him, it's not so much focusing on the thou shalt nots, though those are important, so much as it's focusing on Jesus himself. The more I focus on him, the more I make him first in my life, the easier it is for me to allow God than to chip away anything else that doesn't look like Jesus in me. So here's the question. It's, it's, it's in your notes, too. Do you want to become like Jesus more than anything else in life? Do you want to become more and more like Jesus? And it's your highest priority. I mean, there's a, I even left a blank there that you can, yes, no, not sure, trying to figure it out. It's just for you. Nobody else is going to see it. But it's a really important question. 
More than being rich or famous or having your dream home or health or happiness or being safe or comfortable or anything else? Is that how important Jesus is? Only you can answer that question for you. Your, your husband, your wife can't, your kids can't, your parents can't. But the Bible says God created you, created me, created all of us with the number one goal in life of being like Jesus for the sake of others. It's to reflect his very being, which the church has historically called virtues or fruit. That's the third section in this book. It's the, 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 in Galatians 5, Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's the fruit of the Spirit because it means only God can actually produce this in us. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I mean, isn't that fruit, isn't, aren't those virtues what you want in life? Don't you want to be more loving? Don't you want to have peace? Don't you want to be able to be patient? Don't you want to experience faithfulness? Don't you want to be gentle and have self-control? Wouldn't you love to see those things be more and more true in you and lived out in how you live your life every day? That's the kind of life Jesus lived. And it's the kind of life God the Father created you and me for and desires for us more than anything. In fact, he desires it so much he sent his son to die for us and he gives us his spirit to live in us when we welcome his son Jesus into our lives. So here's the thing. If this isn't your goal, I'll just tell you, this series isn't going to accomplish a lot for you. If we don't have the right goal, the right picture, we won't get the right results. Maybe the most important thing for you to do today is confess this to God and ask him to help you want to become more like Jesus, to make that the focus of your life to make it something that really matters to you. Maybe you, you used to believe this, but some, somehow along the way in the business, busyness of life or in things that trip us up, this goal, this picture has kind of slipped out of focus. Maybe like the rich young ruler, we say the right words and phrases, but we haven't allowed our heart to go there. We've settled for a lesser God. This afternoon, we're celebrating baptisms as a, as a tangible, outward, visible sign of an inward spiritual truth and commitment that folks have made to make Jesus Savior, but also Lord, Master, first in their life. And maybe that's a decision you need to make today, too. And you can mark it through baptism this afternoon. You can, you can decide, I'm going to do that. And after the service, we have a, a, a short orientation class down in our Life Center. And they'll talk you through the mechanics of it. And you can join us this afternoon. Or maybe it's a decision that you need to claim again in your life. To reaffirm. In fact, I, 
I want to just pray for a minute. And I want to give us a chance. And if, if it's on your heart to pr pray to welcome Christ in, I, I want to help you do that. If it's on your heart to reaffirm, I want to help you do that too. So would you pray with me? Gracious God, we come before you um, certainly not worthy of all that you do for us and, and your love and grace. We've, we sin, we fall far short of your intentions and, and the possibilities for our lives. But you love us anyway. Your word tells us you, that Christ died for us while we were still sinners, not, not once we got our act together. You don't call us to first make things right and then become right with you. You welcome us in as we are. And so, Father, for some of us this morning, maybe it's time for us to pray this. I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior and Lord. Father, forgive me of my sins. I welcome your spirit to come and live within me, to enable me to live for Jesus, to enable me to become more and more like Jesus every day. Father, I can't do this myself. Please, in Jesus' name, I welcome him into my heart. And for others of us, Father, who've made a prayer like that at some other time in the past, but it's life's just kind of gotten busy or passed us by or we've hit some hard places. Father, we pray this. Father, today I recommit my life to Jesus Christ. I love him and with your help I make him first. I choose to follow him today, tomorrow, each day. It will be hard. I will still sin, but you are faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I pray that you will help us go forward, trusting you more each day, becoming more and more like Jesus. For your glory, and for the salvation and transformation of this world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And let me just say, if, if either parts of that prayer were a part of what you just did, I hope you'll tell somebody, because what the devil loves for us to do is just kind of keep it on the inside if we make a big decision and it's easy, we need the encouragement and the accountability of the community of faith around us to celebrate it and stay the course. So tell someone. And, and remember, you can, if you made a decision to trust him, you can come and be baptized this afternoon and stand up and acknowledge that. And that gives you an anchor, something to hold on to. And you need to be a part of God's church because you and I cannot become more and more like Jesus just by trying harder. Jesus created the church 
for us. I can't grow virtues or fruit on the inside by simply deciding on the outside that I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. That's the kind of stuff that frustrates us, especially if it deep down is not what we really believe. To become like Jesus, we have to let God help us tackle what we really believe. We have to affirm what Scripture says. Let this mind be in you, which is also, is also in Christ Jesus. That there is a belief system inside of each one of us that drives who we become. And, and until we let Jesus drive those beliefs, until we have his mind and think as he thought, we can't live like Jesus and be like him. We need Christ's help through his spirit to focus our thoughts like this. And this is going to be a big challenge if we haven't spent much time in our lives getting to know Jesus or reading God's word, the Bible. That's why partly why we're going to be spending these next 10 weeks looking at 10 major biblically-based beliefs of a faith that follows and trusts Jesus. I mean, I can't even begin to live like Jesus if I don't think like he does. If I, I, I can't do that unless I learn how he thought and what he believed. But having the right thoughts isn't enough until those thoughts, through the power of Christ's Spirit, transform our hearts. See, our, our journey of belief always usually begins up here in our heads, but it has to kind of figuratively, if you will, migrate about 12 inches down from here to here to our hearts to make a difference in our lives. It has to become more than just my thoughts. It has to become my beliefs. It has to become part of who I am. The Bible says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Thinks in heart is becomes who we are in the bible the heart represents the will the inner person all that we truly believe that then gets reflected outwardly in how we live if my heart isn't into following jesus even if i say it is then it'll show in my life it's why the word hypocrite gets thrown around at christians so much because it's easy to say i believe and trust jesus but it is something so much more to live it what I think has to work down into my heart to become what I really believe. See, we understand with our heads, but we believe with our hearts. The journey for many of you is going to start out with, with understanding it. But that doesn't mean you believe it yet. Your heart has to be convinced of this. And, and through your will, embrace it as your belief, not just something you, you understand. And the Bible says when you believe it in your heart, that belief is going to allow God to form you into the kind of person he wants you to be. So the question becomes, how do I move these key beliefs that we're going to be looking at over these next 10 weeks, the, the 10 beliefs that are listed here in the, in, the, in the beginning of this book, chapters 1 through 10, that you're going to have a chance to read as we go through this, how do I move from learning and understanding these key beliefs in my head, 12 inches south, to believing them in my heart? Well, to believe like Jesus, we have to act like Jesus through spiritual practices and disciplines. And that's actually what the second set of 10 chapters is all about in the book. How does scripture show Jesus living his life and connecting with his heavenly father? What patterns do we see to, to move these concepts from understanding in my mind to belief in my heart? I have to engage in these practices and these disciplines and I have to do it consistently. Not only do these spiritual practices help me live out the will of God in my life, but they reinforce over and over again in, in so powerful ways that these things are true and I, and I should embrace them openly. God uses them to transform me. For instance, we talked about worship here a few minutes ago. Why? 
We do it in part because, if nothing else, Jesus did, showing us there is something powerfully transforming in this spiritual practice, perhaps even beyond what my mind perceives. And so we believe you should be a part of corporate worship because you don't know what God is going to do. But we should also worship on our own. You know, that's why Christian music isn't the only way to worship God. But it's such a gift we have. Whether it's the great old hymns or new praise songs, you know, to put them around you, to listen to them when you exercise, to listen in the car. All, all, you know, we need these things. The Bible shows us Jesus committed to daily time with God. He connected with others. He served those around him. He shared the good news with those he's encountered. And it's why Christianity is a religion lifestyle. It's not just a single decision. It's 24-7. It's not one hour on Sunday. To be like Jesus, I have to think like Jesus, which means I have to act like Jesus. I have to do these things over and over again. Now, of course, just as in Genesis chapter 3, Satan said, well, did God really say that? He loves to still say that to us. Do you really need to go to church? Do you really need to read your Bible? Do you really need to pray? And he can sound real biblical about it. But these are the patterns of Jesus. This is what he did. And my hope is that you will do it too. I will do it too. Can I, can I be honest with you? It's not my job to feed you. People like to say, well, the, the preacher didn't feed me. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says that's the role of the pastor. The pastor's role is to equip the saints for ministry. All of us have the role of sharing the good news. All of us have the responsibility to tell others. All of us have the responsibility to work on our own faith. And, and the church is an instrument in helping that to happen. But we can't do it for you. It's not going to church. It's being the church. Right where you are each day. And that's a challenge. That's not easy. And that's why we have to spend time with God every day. We have to use the practices that Jesus used to stay engaged in, in knowing who Jesus is and why he matters. And it, whether you're hearing about Jesus for the first time today or you have heard about him for 60 years and believe you've been in the church all that time, that doesn't change. I mean, many of us who've been a follower of Christ for a while, we can tell you that journey goes like this. And often when it's going like this, it's because I'm not spending time with him. It's because I've gotten complacent. I've gotten confident. I've gotten comfortable. None of us are that good because we're all human. And if even Jesus did it, how much more do we? The good news is we don't have to do this alone, and we shouldn't. It's why our groups are so important to this journey. You need to, to, to get into one or form one. Form one with some friends. Form one at work. God did not mean for us to go through this together. Iron sharpens iron. 
But even more than that, God is working through those around us as well as directly in us to help us think, act, and be like Jesus. Peter wrote, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us. When we committed our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come to live in us, to give us the power to believe. God is there at the center of our lives, empowering us if we will listen, if we will obey, if we will seek to live. In this journey that that we're about to start, we want you to become smarter about the Bible. But what we really want is for you to experience God's transformation for the sake of the people in your life so that the fruit of Jesus is seen in you. So his virtues are are apparent to others. So they wonder why you're different. They wonder why you aren't like everyone else, which quite simply is the definition of holy. And the Bible tells us to be holy as God is holy. That's his calling for you and me. That's what he wants so that Jesus is real in us, not just for me, but for the sake of others. Do you want to know him? Do you want to let him reign in you? Our God reigns. Do you want to be like him? If so, then dive in this week. Do what you have to do to get ready as we start next Sunday. Plan to be here each Sunday. If you, if you have to miss, know that we will be putting the messages up on our Facebook page within a, several hours or a day. But even more than that, I would say, spend daily time reading and reading and be in a group where God can work in you and through you and on you. He wants to work in us through this. And next week we start. We start with really kind of the foundation, God. So that will be where we dive in next week. If you have questions or you, something's heavy on your heart, our prayer team's gonna be right down here and they'd love to pray with you. You can get these bundles out in the lobby. And, and let me just, I'm gonna tell you, If money becomes the issue for getting one of these, get one anyway. We'll cover it for you, okay? We think this is important. We want to help you on this journey. We want to see this happen. And if God has moved in your heart and you want to be baptized, either through something that's happened this morning or prior, just right after the service, also we have a, a, a gathering down in our Life Center. And we'll talk to you about how to do that. Finally, if you're a guest, welcome. (laughs) You're welcome to join us in this journey. Even if this is the first time you've been here, I hope you will. Because it will will grow you. It will help you get to know other followers of Jesus and people who are exploring who Jesus is. And ultimately, we all are looking for a community to belong where we can believe. And we'd love for you to join us on that journey. I'll be out here in in the lobby over on this side, and I'd love to say hello to you if you're new. Uh, just to, to greet you this morning with some friends. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for your grace, which is sufficient, which is enough. Even if I, I don't feel it, even if I haven't fully believed that, Father, help us to go on this journey together. 
that we can not only experience your grace, but trust your grace, trust your love. Be free to live for you each day, that we can be your witnesses, that we can be your agents of grace. We ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. See you as we kick off next week. Visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.